Simplified Chaos, episode 163. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. Welcome to Simplified Chaos. This is Jillian, and I'm with my co-host and husband, Nicholas. What's going on, folks? We hope you all are having an amazing week. We've got another great episode here for you today. We are taking a little bit of a break from our Against the Grain series because we are getting ready to travel to Emerald Island, North Carolina, or Emerald Isle, should I say, a little break, but we have a interview episode here. Jilly, who did you talk with? Oi, we have a delicious guest episode for you guys. This is with a dear friend, Veronique Dreyer. Um, She's a mama, a wife, a private photo editor, and in my opinion, an intentional life creator. And she shares her wild journey of basically experimentation just to create a life that feels right for her and her family. She dives into all the different places her family tried to make a home, as well as how she was able to find work that gives her joy, purpose, and most importantly, just more time with her family. I am so jazzed for you guys to hear all of the beautiful chaos that has helped Veronique evolve into this amazing intentional tell human. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful story. So I hope you guys are just as inspired as I was. All right. Well, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and get right into this interview with Veronique. Enjoy, everybody. Hi, Veronique. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Okay, before we dive into all of your wonderful life stories, uh, we always like to start with gratitude. So if there's one thing you're grateful today, what would that be? Well, there's a couple of big things going on right now, but I would say... um, The biggest thing is just I'm so happy with where we are right now in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, The past couple days, it's been beautiful and green and lush, and I just find myself so grateful whenever I'm driving around town, just taking in the mountains, and this is the first time in five years, I want to say, that I'm truly happy with Mm. where I am and just the people in my life, so yeah. Mm. I want to second that with just hop on you know, your gratitude segment, because I feel like we moved here around the same time. Yeah. And I'm grateful also that we connected on Instagram. You were one of very few. I mean, it's becoming a little bit bigger now, but I think one of the very few people I've met on the internet and yes. our friendship has stuck and it keeps growing and evolving, even though I'm like, Veronique, if I get too weird, just like, let me know. Or, you know, if I scare you off, you know, just, it's okay. I get it. But no, I feel um, the same. Yeah, I'm just grateful that we connected and you were bold enough to reach out and be like, let's meet at the park. And it's, I don't know, if there's some people that are like, you're meeting a complete stranger somewhere with your kids. And I was just kind of like, no, it's cool. I trust her. And yeah, I don't know. No, I feel the same. I knew from the second I was seeing your Instagram, I was like, we're the <laughs> same person. I love that we both came to this area and we just were like, let's start our lives somewhere we want to be. And I just think that's so cool. Oh, well, that's a great segue into like just sharing about you. I know you feel like I don't have anything special to share. Like, what am I going to talk about? (laughs) Holy cow. When we first met, you told me your story about how you were just moving place to place to find 
a spot you felt grounded and happy and I get goosebumps just like talking about it now because I think your story is so powerful how you guys have been so flexible and you let go of things that don't serve you guys and you know just to pursue what makes you guys feel good so I would love for you to share and you can start wherever you want it can be like pre-wedding, wedding, kids, like wherever you feel like it's a good entry point, just to share like a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got here. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start with when my husband and I met. We met back up when we were about 25. Um, we actually knew each other in middle school and high school, but we weren't super close. We knew who each other were. Um, but anyway, we met up when we were 25 and we lived in Northern Virginia, right outside DC. Um, that's where we grew up and that's where all of our friends were. So we lived there together and all of our friends were getting government jobs and, you know, making their lives there and sitting in an hour of traffic every day, both ways to and from work and just kind of doing the hustle. And we both tried that hustle and we kind of hated our lives. Mm. <laughs> I had many days where I came home from work, just crying over the culture and, just, I didn't want to sit in a car every day. So we both were like, we either commit to this and do what all of our friends are doing, or we just completely take a chance and like pick a spot somewhere else and just go for it. So that's what we did. We looked at a map, literally just looked at a map and we thought, where could we see ourselves living? And luckily we both <laughs> thought Washington would be a really cool place. So um, we spent six months or so researching, saving up, lining up jobs on the west coast and we just did it we packed up and we just moved west we didn't know anybody there <laughs> um half of our friends and family thought we were crazy <laughs> and the other half were like wow that's so cool you're doing that i could never do that and people to this day still tell me that when we tell them all these other life things we're doing and i get that but i'm also like anybody can do this you know Anyway, so we lived in Washington for six years and it was magical and we thought we'd never leave, but we did. Um, we ended up in Austin, Texas for a year and that was really cool, but coming from Washington, I'm not into the heat. It was way too hot. <laughs> we didn't have a support system there, so going to see like live shows and everything Austin is known for wasn't really available to us, so therefore wasn't super cool um, and I also had a really rough pregnancy while I was there so I was high risk and just miserable <laughs> um, everything worked out fine and I'm actually really thankful we were there because the hospitals were incredible and I'm not sure if we'd been in our small town in Washington if we would have had those same resources so close to us um, so anyway after a year in Austin Texas we were like this isn't it where to next and then we thought Maine, Maine is it. We're going to Maine, this is our new home. <laughs> we packed up everything again, people thought we were crazy. <laughs> we road tripped with two kids, one, my son was three and a half I believe and my daughter was six months old. So she had come from the NICU, she was strong at this point though and we were like, she's healthy, we're all good. Road trip to Maine, um, we spent a month there and it just didn't feel right either. We kept trying to make it fit and it just didn't. So we were like, let's go back to Washington. That's where we felt the best. We're going to do that. Um, but then on our way to Washington, we stopped in Utah where my husband's family is from and lives. And so we thought, okay, cool. We'll regroup in Utah for a couple weeks. 
line up things in Washington. Um, long story short, that didn't happen. We ended up staying in Utah <laughs> for a good year. Um, but it turned out great. I mean, we got to stay with his family and then the pandemic happened. So nobody was really doing anything. Um, anyway, we couldn't wait to get out of Utah though. It just wasn't our place. It had a lot of great things, but it wasn't for us. And so after that, we thought Vermont is it for us. Vermont is the life we want. We want a little house on a farm and like, we want to raise chickens, be off the grid. Um, so we went to Vermont and we spent three months there and um, that didn't feel right either. So we thought, you know what, it's time to be close to friends and family. Like, let's give Virginia another try. It's not going to be Northern Virginia though, because that's just too crazy. So what part of Virginia would feel the most like us? And we came to Charlottesville for a day and we loved it and we fell in love and it just kind of aligned with our values and the culture, um, the beauty all the boxes were ticked off. So we just went back up to Vermont, we packed up all of our stuff, and then we moved here to Charlottesville like two weeks later, and it's love still a year and a half later, and we don't plan on leaving. So that's kind of where we're at. Oh, and I, I didn't realize how many places, and I started writing them all down. I'm like, all right, Washington, Texas, Maine. I'm like, holy shit, one, two, three, four, five, five places before you came back here. Yes, I think our kids are like the most traveled toddlers ever <laughs> oh my god but like what great role models you are for your kids just seeing how you guys just don't settle like you're not you don't settle if you're not happy if it doesn't feel right and like the power for both of you as a couple to just let go of things I think that's what's so difficult people get someplace and I mean I was in a place where it was really hard to let go of physical things and like Sometimes we get attached to the actual building or the home or we're afraid to let go if we made connections and friends. And the fact that you guys were like, it's okay. It's worth it. Um, if it doesn't feel right, like we're willing to let it go because we trust the next step. You guys took risks together, which I think there's so many people who are afraid to do and have so much fear about that. So I think your story is just so inspiring that if it doesn't feel right, like take the risk, go, go do it. Like you said, pick a spot, go for it. Like yeah. that could be your tagline. Like just pick something and just try it out because what's, I mean, the worst, what's going to happen, you might learn something really mm -hmm. great. Like that's not even a worse thing, but yeah, I think people are always afraid of picking a spot or picking a career and failing. And it's like, you can't think like that. Cause in, in terms of failure, I mean, we've probably failed quote unquote so many times if you, if you think of it like that, mm -hmm. but, um, Luckily, he and I both support each other and we want the other one to feel like so happy. Mm -hmm. So he, my husband Vince, he would have stayed in Texas probably. Like he really liked it, but he knew I wasn't. And luckily he was like, okay, you're not happy. Like, let's go somewhere else. Um, so I feel really thankful that we both are supportive in that way to just want the whole package to be like as good as we can be and mm -hmm. to get on the same page, you know? And I know you mentioned, um, you said the word values. I feel like we're big on values and I always like to hear what your individual values are or family values. I feel like we've kind of grouped ours as a family. Mm -hmm. Um, but what would you say like your core values are as like, as a family that kind of helped you guys figure out, you know, where you guys wanted to plant, plant your seeds or whatever. Yeah. You know, I think we just really want to slow life down as much as possible especially right now we see our six-year-old just growing up so fast mm -hmm. and 
we just want to savor every moment because we just I think you hit when you get to your mid-30s something changes at least for me it is totally <laughs> and I just feel like life is going by so quickly and that is great but it's also terrifying and I know we're still young um but we just really want to be happy and we want us all to be together as much as possible like that's what's important to us is time together not so much money we'd rather just be happy you know like whatever that means just happiness and together slow days so that's what we're trying to focus on right now is just that magic formula to slow it down you know aren't we all holy cow and then I did want to like you changed careers. So I know you said you were working in um, Northern Virginia. You had, would you call it a desk job or? Yeah, I was doing like HR. Okay. Yeah. So you, you had a job there and then you left. And then I guess, were you just a stay-at-home mom or just like while Vince worked, I forgot the whole. Like... Yeah. So when we moved to Washington, I actually went back to school to become a speech language pathologist because that's what I thought I wanted to do. I wanted to help kids and um, halfway through the program, I realized like this is not actually what I thought it was. It's too, it's too sciencey, too medical. I just, I want. I'm more of an artsy creative. So that's when that kind of hit for me. Um, so after we got married, I actually started my own watercolor Etsy shop. Um, yeah. So I just really wanted something for me when my son was born, and because I did stay at home with him, and I loved it. So I started my own watercolor Etsy shop for a little bit and that, that was just so beautiful to me and I just loved doing it. And, um, but then I started making headpieces too because after we got married or when we got married, I loved making my bridesmaids headpieces. Mm. And so I thought this is a really cool idea. Like I'm not seeing headpieces out there that are like boho and exactly what I wanted. So I started an Etsy shop for that. Um, and they both did okay, but they weren't anything like super successful. And so I was still trying to find what I really enjoyed doing. That's worth it to me, you know? Like if I'm gonna be doing something while I have a child, it better make me happy. So um, fast forward to right before the pandemic happened, Vince and I are on this journey of like, what, what brings us joy? And um, I saw some girl on Instagram who lived the life and just traveled the country with her fiance and we were kind of considering RV life at that point or like getting a tiny house and just yeah. traveling and so I was following all these nomadic people and work from home people and I found this girl somehow and she said that she was a private photo editor and all these things inside of my body just like sparked <laughs> and I didn't even know that was a thing mm. and Anyway, I had been like a photo major in college. I've always been like the group photographer. I've always loved photography. That was gonna be my path for like a long time, but it didn't. Um, it intimidated me too much and I gave up on it. And so when I found out about photo editing, I just was like, how do I learn this? And she ended up creating her own course to teach other people how to become a photo editor because she thought there's such, a, um, there's such a market for this right now and not enough people can find editors. And so as soon as she launched this course, I was like ready. I told my husband, I know it's like an investment, but I have to do this. And he completely was like, yeah, you'd be great at that. You need to do this. We didn't have a lot of money at the time, but I did it and I started the course. And this was in September of 2019. Um, and then I was finished by May or June of 2020. So the pandemic had just happened, but I of course still was like, I'm doing this business, I don't care. I had my website up. Um, 
and luckily I just kind of stuck with it and luckily the wedding industry still kind of trucked along there were some you know roadblocks here and there but um, yeah so I started my own photo editing business in 2020 and it's just been the best best thing ever it's like nomadic life meets art meets like time with your kids like all the values kind of like go together yes and that's another thing like I didn't realize all the different I guess opportunities for for work that you've done like you said it was like HR then you went to school and I completely forgot that you went to school but so many things like I'm just in awe at your ability like to say I feel like the muscle to let go and quote unquote I think some people may view it as quit but I think it's just like when you realize it's not right, just being okay with saying, it's okay if I stop this and move on to something else instead of feeling like, oh, I'm a failure. But I think like from hearing you, like that's a successful trait, like to know when to be like, no, it's not serving me. Why continue to force something if it doesn't feel right? And I think it's okay when you realize it's to let go. And I'm just, I'm just gonna keep telling you, like I think that's such a hard skill to, to learn. Like for me, like when we started learning about minimalism, like learning to let go of attachments to things and comfortable, like things that are comfortable and yeah. do things outside the box. It was so difficult for me to do that. Yeah. But the more you started to do it and the happier I start to felt, it just became like, this is getting easier. This is getting easier. Yeah. So no, I just want to keep reinforcing that. Like your journey, it looks it's not linear. It was like, oh, I'm going to go up and I'm going to go back down. I'm going to go up and then I'm like, no, I'm going to go the zigzag path <laughs> over here. And I think that's just so magical. Aww, well, thank you so much. That's so nice. Yeah. Okay. So I always like to hear about um, challenges because I know life is not perfect. It's not black and white. So I guess amongst all of life chaos, like what is one of the biggest challenges, I don't know, you faced recently or this year? Or- yeah. You know, there's been a couple, but I would say the biggest one is just with my own business. So starting that, my first real full year in business post, you know, the height of COVID was this past year. I had my first real busy season and really experiencing how crazy a busy season is in the wedding industry. Um, And so, you know, the first year in, you get kind of highs and lows of, the workflow and you figure out when photographers are the busiest and last year well up until this fall I had just overbooked myself I I just kind of overdid it and I realized for the first time what burnout is um, and so that was the biggest challenge that I just had to realize like this is your own business you created this for happiness in your life this can look however you want it to look um, but I'm also a people pleaser by nature. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard for me to balance what I want and also pleasing other people. Um, so this fall slash winter burnout happened. Just a lot of long days. I missed a lot of time with my kids, which made me so sad. And so I just thought, you know, I need to restructure things. And this whole winter, I've just been spending not changing anything about my business, but just spacing things out a little better and planning my time a little better just so I don't, just so I can create the life I want, you know, while still pleasing everybody that I've built these awesome relationships with. Like luckily I work for, work with most amazing women. Mm-hmm. Like the, the photography industry right now, I would say is really heavily female, which is really cool. There's just badasses <laughs> and a lot of them are moms themselves. So we're all just like, talking with each other and communicating and supportive and understanding and everybody just wants to see the other person 
thrive, which is beautiful, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just feel so lucky that I'm in this industry now and I get to do what I love and yeah, it's just, it's been an awesome, challenging year, but beautiful, you know? So amongst, I guess, and I'm sure there's a lot of people can relate to being burnout in some way. I remember in the teaching career when I, I think everyone feels it differently, just, um, just being really unhappy with how my time was delegated. I yeah. think overall picture was just, I'm commuting this much. I'm working this much with other kids. And then this is the time block that I have with my daughter. I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> um, so I can kind of resonate with that for sure. And, um, I guess among all of that, like what, fuels you I'm always curious about what empowers you to keep going even when it gets hard or tough um are there any strategies you use like I know some people are like oh I journal or I read or I go to church or um, I do yoga so I would love to know you know what are the little things that kind of help you just stay in the right mindset to keep going and to keep pursuing what feels right for you yeah great question (laughs) I am not the best at like self-care I just I'm, I'm trying to find that balance right now um, but you know spending time with my kids just taking in what really matters helps me reset because it's so easy to get caught on that hamster wheel no matter what you're doing um, especially if you have anxiety you just kind of think oh I need to keep going but I like to just shut the computer get outside with my kids they're both really into bugs right now so we take a lot of nature walks and I always feel I mean everybody says this but getting outside in nature pretty much always resets you and helps you get back on track with like your priorities and what really matters and being out in this this beautiful world um and yeah you know enjoying coffee in the afternoon while my my kids are doing their own thing that's a good little reset for me And then a glass of wine in the evening you know once they're in bed that's my chill time I don't really Mm -hmm do yoga or any exercise classes right now, but wine in the evenings and nature walks. Um, It sounds like you have a really great repertoire of self-care. I don't know whether (laughs) you know it, Uh, reflecting on what matters, nature time, coffee time so you can savor that, and then wine chill time. I mean, those are four great things that I think a lot of people can do in their day when they're like, oh my God, I don't I don't get massages on a monthly basis or I don't do yoga. And I think I like hearing different practices that people think, oh, it's not really that much. But really, if you are taking time to make space for yourself and to just, I don't know, be in all of your life and to take inventory of what matters, I think that that, that's amazing. So yeah, you're you're good at self-care, girl. Oh, thanks. (laughs) But I agree. I feel like self-care evolves on a seasonal basis. Like I did have a season of heavy yoga and I've been taking a break just to see what comes up. Like how do I feel? Because I think it's important that instead of just doing the hamster wheel, even with self-care things, we can get so in the routine. And we're like, is it helping us or is it just a habit now? And is it a habit that I want to keep doing or do I want to like step back and try something else? So I'm kind of in that season of like transition and I'm not sure what it is yet, but yeah. Even like on weekends, you know, going to the farmer's market is like, Mm. I feel like a good farmer's market visit on Saturday morning makes me feel happy for the entire week. If I I can just do that, because our farmer's market here is amazing. I mean, we have multiple, but the one I go to at the X Park is just my happy place. And so I try to make that a priority every weekend. I love that. I think it's really cool to hear different versions of, I don't know, how you prime yourself to feel good. And I think not a lot of people may view it that way. So I think it's cool to hear all the, I don't know, the diverse avenues of like, you know, 
it may not look like self-care, but really it makes me feel really good and show up to be a, a better human that day or whatever. Yeah, whatever makes your mind just like feel happy. Mm. Being around all those other creatives, I mean, for me, that's what brings I, happiness. I agree. And I've never met somebody at the farmer's market who's angry or unhappy. Yeah. It's like they're all like, this is my passion and I'm just going to, the, the energy they give off. It's like, yes, I feel better just being around you guys. Yeah, people tend to be really friendly at farmer's markets. That's Even true. The, the people going and the people selling, you know, so... Yeah. It's beautiful. It's like people on jet skis. You've never seen an angry person on a jet ski. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, um, I know you guys moved to Virginia to be a little bit closer to family. Do you have, um, like a support system that you guys use to kind of help if you guys, I know you kind of talked about this with me with date nights, like, um, like friends, community members, um, just for, for you or time for Vince or time for each other like you know what does that look like being in Virginia so far yeah unfortunately um we don't really have friends or family close all of our friends are you know a good two hours away which is still nice just to know they're two hours away if we want to go have a weekend up there um but no unfortunately right now he and I are our support system we don't really do date nights um when his parents come to town twice a year that's like our our date night time um, but luckily I've met people like you and a couple other friends who are growing and we're just kind of building our own support system here. Like we're building our little tribe and it feels really good just to know there are people here that we love and that we trust and that we can call if we need to, you know, yeah. like if I had a doctor's appointment and I need, I needed someone, I know you would be like, of course I'll help. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. So that just feels really good. Yeah. Same here. If there is ever an emergency or something, I'd be like. Yes. Okay. Um, and I've been hearing so many things that you've been savoring, like just in life, like your, your coffee time and your wine chill time. Is there anything specifically, um, this season that you're really like truly savoring the most? I would just say on, I mean, I know I've said my kids, but I just, I feel really connected to my kids right now. Mm. Um, I'm doing a lot of inner, work on what I want parenthood to look like for us. Um, Again, kind of what you think your life should look like with your career and where you should live. I now am going through that with what I think motherhood should look like and what Mm. school should look like for my kids. Um, So my son is in public school right now and we are heavily considering either homeschooling or doing like a smaller private school. Um, So I'm just savoring learning who these little humans are and just trying to spend as much time as I can with them. Just soaking it in really, like really being present because it's so hard to be present. You think you are. I know. But you, you realize your mind is actually thinking about like X, Y, and Z, you know? And I hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really working on slowing down. I'm reading some books, listening to some parent parenting podcasts. So I'm just growing in that way and just trying to focus my love there, you know? I am on that journey with you and it is... <laughs> very interesting (laughs) yes it's a lot of work but but I I, it's it's interesting you say like having a hard time with presence because I've been reading presence books over and over again because I realize how much like I need reminded like what does that look like what should it feel like or just I find my mind thinking about next steps or what am I going to do tomorrow and it's like I don't even know if there's going to be it tomorrow like just just being in the moment is a lot harder than I thought 
And I'm wondering if that's just because of childhood, you know, societal norms. Like I'm wondering, like watching Lucille, and that's the great thing I think about like savoring kids is that I think you're reminded of like how we come into the world and how creative we are and how playful and how they can just dive deep in a topic and just go there. And instead of being from one thing to the next thing, like I think my mind has been just because of my fast paced life before moving here. Mm -hmm. So I, I completely agree with just, I don't know, savoring kids. I think they teach us so much. Yeah. Like I feel like I learned so much from Lucille than I learned in college overall. <laughs> um, so I, I'm with you, like just savoring them and mm. yeah, it goes by so fast. Okay. So what are you currently working on now that you're like really excited about? And this could be, you know, external things that I know we chatted about um, before the podcast, but, um, or internal things, or you can share all of the above. I just love to hear what people are working on and like what's bringing them joy right now and excitement. Yeah. A couple of things. Um, we, it's kind of weird sharing this cause it's not official yet, but we might be buying our very first house here in the next month. We've been going through this process for months and it's just been crazy and ups and downs and thinking it wasn't going to happen. Um, and it looks like it is happening. So hopefully it does. Um, <laughs> and that's really, really exciting. We've wanted our own place for years and we're finally in the right place like physically in Virginia, in Charlottesville. We love it here. We want to put roots down. We're so ecstatic. Um, so that's very exciting. And also just my business is growing and we are about to hit busy season again. And I'm just really excited for that. Like it's, it's exciting and I just love doing what I'm doing. So yeah. Uh, so much good stuff. Okay. So man, we're actually coming full circle already. I know we just got straight to it in like really efficient time. <laughs> um, and I always like to ask quotes or if there's any words or mantras that are really resonating with you or just like help you get through difficult times or, you know, that just uplift you or is there any quotes or words that are like really hitting home with you right now? Yeah. You know, I saw something the other day and I can't remember who said it or where I saw it, but the quote was, it's no one's responsibility but yours to create the life you love. And that just like really hit me because, um, you know, sometimes it's easy to put external blame on other factors in life. Like, oh, I'm not in this stage of life because of this or that. And because we're trying so hard to create that life we love, it's just like that work is on you. Nobody knows what is going to make you happy, but you, so you have to find it. And that goes back to like talking about failure too, you know, not being afraid to take that leap, do the weird thing, mm -hmm. give up your life in a different state or whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, and just hope that it all works out, you know, and being yeah. okay. If people say you guys are crazy. Like, what are you thinking? I think the more people that think you're crazy or weird, I'm like, I'm going to applaud you because usually if you're going against the grain, it's like, you must be doing something that feels really good to you and yeah. and that's okay if nobody understands it that I'm doing work on that just letting go of expectations and even with parenting like how do I appear in public you know yeah. and what does that look like to other people and I'm like I need to apply the way I'm living my life with parenting too which uh -huh. is really difficult sometimes with different you know ways of parenting but um yeah I love that so much 
That's a good one. Yeah, thanks. Mm. Okay. We are big on just like small action steps. I think sometimes people think you need to make these drastic changes and like that's what makes your life completely different. But we're big proponents on like the small little changes or like the small little steps or, you know, I don't know, small pivots that you can do just to live life more intentionally. So if there is one actionable I don't know, suggestion to others out there to like live life with more intention. What do you think that would be? <sighs> it's tough because it's so different for so many people. But for me, I don't want to get to the end of my life and look back and have regret mm. and just think, oh, I really wish I had tried that. Um, so I think just, it sounds weird. It sounds morbid, but like fast forward and imagine being at the end of your life and just think, what will I not be okay with not having done? Or the opposite, you know what I mean? That's kind of what I think about sometimes with the path we're on, just how is this gonna look 40, 50 years from now mm. from my mind? What will I be okay with and what will I not be okay with? And that kind of helps me current day decide where I wanna go and what I wanna do. Day to day, month to month, year to year, you know? just little steps to slowly get you in that direction that you dream of one day being at, mm -hmm. you know? It took us six years to get here after traveling all around and we're finally like, okay, now we're on that track, you know? Mm -hmm. But it took a long time and that's just because we took so many little tiny steps. Yeah. So. And it's messy and there's so much bliss in the messiness, I think. Um, but I did hear a quote that made me think of that. It was like, we say we would die for our kids, but would we truly live for our kids? Yes, I heard that the mm -hmm. other day. It was, yes, yes. I actually wrote about that in my last newsletter because that really hit me. Like, And then defining like what does truly living mean for you is living like just going through the motions and, you know, or is living like traveling the world or moving to the beach. Like there's so many different versions of, like I guess what truly living means to you. And I heard that and I was like, that that is a great question to ask yourself like every year. Yeah. Or even and I know this may sound morbid, but I've kind of kind of accepted like death's part of death is part of life. But thinking about what do you want people like if someone was reading your obituary, what would you want it to say? Uh, yeah. And that gives me goosebumps thinking about that. I'm like, yeah. well shit, like I don't know if it's so much about my accomplishments. I think it, I focus more on like the kind of person I am. Like, do I, I want to be like adventurous, outgoing, caring, kind, you know? Um, I don't know. Like it makes me think of more of a feeling versus like all of these, you know, success ladder yeah. things that sometimes people view as success, which could be a form of success. But yeah, I think it's really powerful thinking about like, backwards mapping your life in a way of just like, yeah. what do I want to do and not think like I could have done that, but I was too scared or yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of things we could say to force it out, but no, I think of that too. And I, I thought of that with my kids, like what will my kids say about me or how will they think of oh, me when I'm gone? That's a good one too. Yeah, Cause you hear, I mean, you see a lot of people talking about their parents after they're gone or yeah. they're in that stage of life now. And some people aren't close. And I just think I want my kids I mean, we're so close now and I want that to continue. And my goal in life is just to always be close with them, mm. be best friends. And I know that's not always possible, but I kind of had that relationship with my parents growing up and um, I just want them to respect me and think that 
I was the best mom and um, that's kind of my goal every day is how can I make their life so happy and so full and just know that we have that kind of relationship, you know? So mm, I love that. I didn't think about that question. When I think about my mom, like she's a badass. So I hope that Lucille one day be like, yeah, my mom was a badass. I'm like, yeah. That's the dream. Oh. All right. Well, we are, we're coming to an end here and I want other people to know like where to find you. I know, um, you have like an Instagram and I don't know how active you are on Facebook, but maybe just give a little, um, of a pathway to if people want to connect with you. Yeah, on Instagram, I'm at veronique.photoeditor. Um, and that's my photo editing account. Pretty active on there. Um, and then I also have a business account on Facebook and a personal. Um, and my personal is Veronique Dreyer. So D-R-E-Y-E-R. And that's kind of my, my life on there. <laughs> so yeah, you can see business and life, two different accounts. And she's super friendly on the internet because that's how we met. So you don't have to like be weird if <laughs> you're like befriend her. So yes. um, send me messages. Veronique, uh, I am grateful that we have a friendship and you're here and you decided to come on the podcast with me. And this was her first time on a podcast. Yes. And she did awesome. So make sure you comment um, on Instagram how phenomenal Veronique did because you're like a natural. Oh, oh my God. You were just flowing. I'm like I'm so nervous. Ah, uh, so thanks for being here. Thank you so much. You're amazing. I love you. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for our interview with Veronique. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you like this episode, please do us a favor and help us spread the message. You can do this by writing a review or simply by sharing this episode with a friend. And remember, sharing sparks a conversation. Conversation leads to action. And action is how we're able to live a happy and intentional as hell lifestyle. We want to thank you all for listening today, and we will see you again next week. See y'all later.